I'm ready to go in the first year. We're going to be finishing up chapter 4 here, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to be taking uh, just a four verses, 13 and remaining of this chapter to 16. And uh, when the topic here is God's Spirit leads, and if you remember, we talked about the God's Spirit warns us and warns the ministers of that church here in Timothy. Here's Paul writing to Timothy. Then we saw that uh, God used Paul to not only teach and warn uh, Pastor Timothy there in, uh, in Ephesus, but also here in the second part of chapter 4, we saw God's Spirit develops the man, the minister, to be able to then develop, to then, to then once he's developed and he's learning and growing, to be able to then teach the people there in the congregation. And then lastly, today, we will see God's Spirit leads and the pastor uh, and the leaders of the, that church, in this case Timothy, must progress in his, uh, his knowledge and understanding of the Word of God so that he can give out more and more to the people in the church there in Ephesus. I'm going to read the four verses because that will just help get us into the frame here and then we will take and go through the scriptures here. Join me here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. We will pick right up here in verse 13 and read these four verses. Paul says here to Timothy and to the church who's listening and to the reading of this letter that Paul wrote to them. It says, till I come, Timothy, right? Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Father, again, we thank you and praise you, and we open up your word today, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you just to move in a mighty way in the hearts of the people who were listening, and that their hearts would be changed. And if there's anyone here today, Lord, that does not know you on a personal level, a personal salvation level, that put complete, they put their complete trust, their faith in you and you alone, Lord Jesus, I pray today's the day of salvation. Speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen, amen. So as we see Paul here in 1 Timothy, in chapters 3 and 4, we've been on the topic of the, uh, uh, Paul addressing uh, the church there in Ephesus, specifically addressing uh, her minister, Timothy, young pastor Timothy in the ministry there in Ephesus. And how important it is for the minister or ministers to grow not only in their relationship with God and, and getting in the depths of the things of God, but what the priorities and responsibilities and importance of that so that it benefits the church body there in uh, Ephesus where Timothy is at. Now Paul here is exhorting, exhorting meaning encouraging Timothy a young pastor, Timothy, to be a good minister who preaches the word. We saw that in verses 1 through 6. Then we saw that he needed to be a godly minister where he practices the word himself. He doesn't just teach it. He actually, actually applies it to his own life. We saw that in verses 7 through 12. And today we're going to look at a growing minister, one who is progressing in the word, meaning he's growing in his knowledge and understanding and God is digging him deeper and deeper in the relationship one-on-one -on -one with him. And as the minister goes deeper in his relationship with God, he has more to give out to the people. And that is how it works. Now Paul is able to do this encouragement to Timothy because Timothy was teachable. Timothy was teachable, he was open, he was willing to receive from this senior pastor or pastor or minister that, uh, that uh, he was the discipled up. Paul discipled young Timothy up in the faith and in the ministry. And we see in the scripture here in 1 Timothy a tremendous responsibilities of a good and godly minister of Christ. We have seen that Paul teaches Timothy and exhorts him to apply to his life 
what Paul himself has done and is doing in where Paul was at at the time when he was writing this letter and when they were together. Paul wasn't telling Timothy to do something that he wasn't already doing himself and already gone through those those challenges in his own life with God and and, and, and being new into the ministry and starting in the ministry. These things he was teaching and passing along to Timothy, his protege there, and he was discipling him. Timothy needs to be faithful. We saw that as Paul was writing to him. Paul needs to be faithful, a faithful conduit of the truth to other Christians. Paul says you must know the truth and you must be a conduit of that truth to the people who are listening to you there in that church, that local church in Ephesus. And the first had to keep himself nourished in the truth, Paul said. And then you have something, once you've taken nourishment in, you have something to now give to someone else to nourish them in the truth now Paul reminds Timothy since you are a channel of God's truth to others he was to have nothing to do we saw in verse uh, 7 of chapter 4 you are not to be messing with godless myths or old wise fables don't be touching that stuff. Don't be listening to those things. That's what was going on around in the culture. Those were the things that was spreading, even in churches probably in that time. But don't touch it, Timothy. Don't waste your time even playing with that kinds of stuff. Just let it go. Let the other people they need to do, let God work with that. But pray for those people. But make sure you teach your people not to touch those fables and those mythologies that were going on of these, these little gods of, of, uh, of that was going on at that time. And then the second thing that Paul was teaching Timothy is Timothy needs to be spiritually disciplined. We see in verse 8 that he was to train or to exercise, not in for physical fitness. That was not to be his priority. Yes, the rest of the culture was all about physical fitness, because in the Greek culture it was all about physique and what you looked like and how you felt. But, God, but Paul says that profits little for you. Why? Because it only profits you right now in the day that you live. It doesn't profit you now and into eternity. What you need to do, Timothy, you must exercise godliness in your life that must be priority of your time your energy your resources that God has given you that must be around growing godliness not your physique your physique yes you're supposed to take care of your body yes you're the temple of God dwells within you always dwells within you in the temple of God but you're not to make that your priority which the culture at that time and even can you speak of it that today the culture today is all about fitness and what you look like It's all about self. And godliness, your inner self, is what is being neglected today. And it was being neglected at that time. And Paul was telling and exhorting, encouraging Timothy, stay focused, man. Do not get caught up in the culture and come in there and preach some gospel message which wasn't about the Jesus. It's only that Jesus loves you. And let me tell you what the scripture tells you how to lose 10 pounds in the new year. But that kind of junk continues to do even today. God wants you to be your new self in the new year. And then spend for, to spend for the next 30 minutes. Oh, you probably hope I won't be there for the next 30 minutes. But in the next hour, telling you how to get physically fit according to the scripture. Give me a break. But that's what Paul is encouraging Timothy. Don't do it. Stay focused on exercising and godliness. And then the third thing he said is Timothy needs to be laboring. Laboring. We see in verse 10. Laboring. You must labor. There's going to be struggles and challenges. But Paul was with Timothy needs to be laboring and doing hard things for Christ. He was to allow the spirit of God to develop this godliness in him and not taking the easy path of life as a Christian. Not doing whatever, what everyone else is doing to create a comfortable life for himself. That is not what we are to do as ministers. That's not what we are to do as a child of God. Paul knew his struggle was worth it because his hope was not in himself. His daily hope was not in himself and his capabilities. His hope was not in some human philosophy of life that come breezing through and something he read on the, on, on the, the uh, Ephesian Google. 
or other men who have somehow spoke into his life there at the coffee shop. Or even worse, those non-existent gods that people were worshiping. No, we saw in verse 10, Paul's hope and what he was telling Timothy is his hope must be, right there in verse 10, trusting in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. That was his priority. Then we saw in verse 11, Timothy needs to be strong. Timothy was not to be passive in the ministry. He was not to be comfortable or lazy in the ministry. But he was to be firm and courageous in the ministry. Timothy had responsibilities as a minister to the re- and to be reliable for the sake of others who come to that church. Paul commanded and taught Timothy. Now Timothy was to insist on and teach the same thing to others that are in his care. And then we saw in verse 12 that Timothy was to be an example. Example regardless of what others think of him, especially regarding his youth. That his youth could not be used by him to give some credence or justification why he wasn't doing the hard things for for the sake of the people. That he could somehow slacken in his example to others who were watching his life as as a minister there. Paul was encouraging Timothy, you cannot control the attitudes of others. Don't be a man pleaser. Timothy had the responsibility to demonstrate his maturity by living such a godly life that he wouldn't become a pattern for other Christians to follow. That he would be this pattern of other Christians in, in every area of his life. And we see it in verse 12. He would be a pattern in his conduct. He would be his pattern in his love for others. His, and in his spirit and in faith and in purity. In his holiness that was, he lived a holy life. And so Paul says, Timothy, this is your priorities. This must be what you focus on in your life on a daily basis because you're a minister to others. Because you now take what you're applying to your life and you now pour it out into the lives of those who are listening. Because they too need to do the same thing. You must do that, Timothy. And as a godly pastor, Timothy was to grow spiritually so that the whole church could see his spiritual progress and imitate that. They must see a progress of him growing in his relationship with God. Remember, no pastor can lead his people where he has not been himself. This is a basic principle of life and ministry, and we see that spoken, spoken about in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 6. The pastor, or you as a church member, who is not growing is actually going backwards in your relationship and understanding of who Christ is in your life. For it is impossible to stand still in a Christian life. You are growing and progressing or you are falling backwards. Regardless of what you try to rationalize and what you think you're doing and you and God are just, oh, you you and God have this relationship and it's unique and it's it's a one-to-one and he understands me and you, all these things that we can rationalize in our head, why we're not growing. But let me reassure you, my brothers and sisters, this is a new year. Progress. Lean forward. Grow in the things of God, in your personal relationship with God. Don't be stagnant. Don't be comfortable. Don't be content where you are. Paul's telling Timothy, and God is telling through me to you, don't be comfortable. Don't be content. You must grow. You must progress in your knowledge and understanding and application of the word of God to your life. Let God transform your life. And so Paul says to Timothy regarding his living, 
here in verse 13. Regarding his teaching, his preaching, his leading as a pastor, the pastor must give evidence of spiritual growth. And there are four factors Paul is giving Timothy in these remaining of these verses in chapter 4, these four factors that make spiritual progress possible. And it doesn't apply just to me as the pastor. It applies to you as a member of the church as well because I'm passing it on to you for you to apply as well. Let's go through this. Verse 13, Paul says to Timothy, till I come. Remember, Paul wanted to be there, but Paul couldn't wait to get there to tell them these things. That's why he wrote these letters to, the, uh, to Timothy and to the, uh, the church there in Ephesus. Because it was urgent for them to learn and to know now because the false teachers were coming into the church. The culture was coming into the church, and they were sinking as a church, and it was bringing down Timothy as a pastor as well, right there in that church. And Paul needed to bring Timothy, the leader, up so that he does not sink, so that he could then help the congregation to rise up out of the junk and the miry clay of what culture was going on. And the false teachers that were being attacking here. And he gives him very clear instruction. Give attention, Timothy. This wasn't, oh, can I have your attention, please, a little bit, Timothy, in this letter? No. In the Greek language here, it is you're to be absorbed into this, Timothy. This is, this is your life, Timothy. This is You do nothing other than what I'm about to tell you. And that is to, re- to reading to exhortation, and to doctrine. These are the things, Timothy, must be a, give attention to. Each of these things are, to be, are centered on what? God's word. Notice that. All three things that Paul tells Timothy here is your priority is on God's word. Timothy, you must give attention to these things in both your private life and your public life, which is, which is in your position in the church. Give attention. It means devote yourself to it. Be absorbed into it. That is what you're focused on. We see Paul exhorts Timothy regarding his personal spiritual life. And now here in verse 13, he talks about his public life or his church life, his church ministry that God has appointed him to. And we see here in this very first factor of four in his spiritual progress, Paul tells Timothy, if you want to progress, to move forward in your spiritual progress, your spiritual life, your your devotion to God, your refinement by God, first factor is your emphasis on God's word. It must be an emphasis on God's word. And you'll notice here there's there's three consistencies of this. The first one is there is an emphasis in reading of God's word. Reading of the scripture in the church service. Now, you're sitting there going, that's all we do is we come here and and listen to the reading of the the scriptures. Exactly. (laughs) Do you think I'm going to do something different than what the word of God tells me to do? And you're like, well, then my other churches, they don't read the scripture. They kind of give it 15 minutes and they read one verse. I know. That's why you're here. (laughs) Because you're not, you weren't growing there. You weren't maturing. You weren't progressing. Here we are. We're going to. Why? Because God's word says that's how we are to do it. I don't make these things up. You understand that, right? <laughs> I just read the word and tell you what it means. As the Lord shows me, I am supposed to do this, and I'm telling you this is how you're going to progress in the new year. Please put an emphasis on God's word. Be on the seven-day plan of reading every day. Have your devotional. If you don't have a devotional, I will get you a devotional. If you don't have the seven-day plan, I'll get you the seven-day plan. I just want to encourage you to read. Why? Because Paul says to Timothy, he must be reading the scriptures. And that's a private life, but I'm talking, he's talking here, Timothy, you must read the scriptures to the people that God brings you there at the local church. That's why we have readings of different things. Why? Because God wants to have you speak to your heart through the scripture reading. 
The second aspect of this first factor of uh, spiritual progress is encouraging exhortation by God's word. What does that mean? Exhortation is encouragement to read it, to explain it, and apply the scripture. So not only are you hearing the word of God being uh, read to you, but then there's a time in the service there where you read the scriptures and you understand it and help you to apply it. That's why there's some, some practical aspects as I teach is to help you to understand application. But most of all, allow the spirit of God to show you how it applies to your life. Because I don't know all the details of your life, but God does. That's why how many times people say, how did the pastor figure that out or know about that about me? I didn't, but God does. I trusted him doing all the talking to you. I'm just being faithful to what? Take the scripture and exhort it to encourage you in it so that you can grow and understand, not only read it, explain it, but then apply it, the scripture to your life. And then the third aspect of the emphasis of God's word is teaching of God's word. The word is doctrine. It means teaching of the scripture. Remember Acts 2.42? This church is based on that scripture, Acts 2.42. They gave themselves, it's the very first church we see that God brought together and there was a clear, clear indication of what that church was to do. What was one of them? The teaching the reading, the understanding of what? Doctrine, which is the word of God. We're to gather together to do what? To pray. We do that. We pray before the service, when you're talking to people, you're praying while we're in the service, before and after the teaching. We pray throughout the day. After the service, we, if you need prayer, we have prayer constantly talking to bringing you to God to talk. So, we read the doctrine, we study the doctrine, we talk about the doctrine, the word of God, right? We are praying with one another and for one another. What's the third thing that we see in 242? We fellowship together. We spend time together. We help each other. I don't know about you, but you may never need help because you've just got the perfect little life. I know that. At least that's what you portray on Facebook or your little Instagram. But if you spend time, I know you, you don't want to spend time at times. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to spend time in fellowship in the church. Because then what you've been hiding comes out. Because it's evidently you, you know you're miserable and you're struggling. And you know you need to change, but you don't know how to change. But let me encourage you, my brother and sister. God can use someone in the congregation to match you up. And they'll be looking at you and going, your life was my life years ago. And God changed my life. I know what you're going through. But let me teach you. Let me show you what God's word says about that. And it will set you free. It, when those moments happen, it's incredible. But don't let the enemy keep you from those moments. You keep showing up regardless of how you feel. Exactly. And the fourth thing is we break bread together. We do communion together. We become, there's a oneness when we take communion together and remember what our Lord has done for us personally and collectively. Amen? Amen? But then Paul, like Paul's style here, is that he emphasizes God's word. Why? Because in all of the pastoral letters, 13 pastoral chapters that are in this book called the Bible, 22 references are referencing the doctrine or the teaching of the word. And you can see why that's an emphasis that a minister or a pastor is to do. Then Paul says here in verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you. 
which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So he emphasizes to Timothy a negative here. Do not neglect the gift. Timothy was warned to not neglect the gift that God had given him. What was that gift? The gift of teaching. The gift to teach the word of God. So we see here this second factor of four for spiritual progress. He must use his spiritual gift. Timothy, if you want to grow this year, you want to grow in the future, you must not neglect the spiritual gift. You must use your spiritual gift. That's the second factor. Because Timothy's image of himself as a pastor was evidently lacking. He wasn't rising up to the, the, the position and the role of a pastor in that church, even though he was the head of the church. He was the senior pastor of that church. He wasn't rising up. In that church, in the position, evidently he was lacking. And Paul reminded him, Timothy, of the fact that God had given him the necessary ability for the service of, of, of ministering to the people by God's gift that he gave him. Why can Timothy rise up and be able to minister to people? Because God has equipped him to do it. He just wasn't using the gift. The word gift in the Greek is charisma or charisma, and it refers to the varying spiritual gifts given to Timothy and to all believers. Every Christian has the gift of the Spirit. We see that in Romans 8-9. Every single one of you as a believer has been given the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit. And at least one gift, spiritual gift, from the Spirit, we see noted in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. So if you're a believer, you have been given the gift of the Spirit. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. He dwells within you. On top of that, He's given you a gift or gifts, spiritual gifts, for the working within the body of Christ. They're not for you. That gift is for others. Timothy didn't get the gift of teaching for him to just teach himself. No, he got the gift of teaching to teach others. Some have been given the gift of tongues. That's not for them only. It was mostly for the benefit, not only for them, but can be for others. The gift of interpretation with that. Gift of administration. And I'm not going to go to all the gifts, but there's, these are the gifts that God gives to you so that you, as you part of the body of Christ, whatever that is, the gift of administration, it could be a hand because you do a lot of writing or typings. So you're the hands of that ministry because you've been given the gift of administration to help keep things in order administratively wise. Are you with me? So here's what Timothy needed to be reminded, that the gift of the Spirit and the gifts from the Spirit are given by God at the moment of conversion, when you're saved, when you've been transformed. But however, when God calls a believer into a special place of ministry, like a leadership position of a pastor, then God himself will often give and impart a special gift for that task. Let me put it a different way. You're sitting there and you're just coming as you've always been and all of a sudden God puts on your heart to do something in the body of Christ for God and it requires a special gift to be able to do it. He could give you that spiritual gift to accomplish the task that he's asking you to do. And for some reason, Timothy was neglecting to cultivate the gift that God had given him. He wasn't being faithful in allowing that gift to mature and to grow and to be used by God through him, which is necessary for his spiritual progress. His spiritual progress in life and in the ministry. 
And that kind of, when you look at that you, and you ponder on it, I sat there and I go, well, Lord, if, if that is what you, this is what you're showing, well, then that shows that there, there's a very probable or possibility that gifts and abilities in him could be a, basically a waste now and for eternity. God has given you a gift to be used in the body of his, the believers and you choose not to do it because it's just not easy or it's not convenient. It's not comfortable. You're comfy where you're at. You're wasting what God has given you now and into eternity. Now, when I pondered on that, I was like, Lord, I don't want to waste anything you've given me. If you've given that to me, there's a purpose and a plan, and I can be nothing but blessed and rewarded from doing what God, you called me to do. But the, but the, the little bit of, ooh, you mean I could possibly waste something that God has given me? Oh, I, I, that's the fear. Oh, Lord, please, don't let me waste time and resources and the gifts and abilities and talents and the things you've given me because I don't feel like it. Oh, I hope I never come to that place in my walk with the Lord. That would be a miserable place. But think by the grace of God we can change, right? Amen? The grace of God, the mercies of God, we can start fresh today and move forward and progress. We can just seek the Lord and say, Lord, I please, I, re, I would like to be used by you. Use the gifts, Lord, through me. What do you want? What do you have for me today? That's what Paul is encouraging Timothy. Get your head on there straight, man. Let me bring you back to something that should remind you of what God has done in and through you. He says at the end of verse 14, he says, he, he, remember, it was given to you given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. So it appears that at, at that time, remember Timothy and Paul and them, they were in the area of Lystra and Derby, and there must have been the elders there in those locations, and there's Paul, and we see a calling on Timothy's life to step up to be a minister, to a pastor in Ephesus and be on the road, and a, a calling to go into full-time ministry and go out. And what they do is they come together, as we did with Tom, with regards to a deaconship, but here in regards to the eldership and, or the being a pastor, they, these guys must have these elders must have laid hands on uh, Timothy at that time we see and Paul prayed for him and prophesied that God was going to use Timothy in a mighty way in the ministry and it true it did work out even though Timothy might have had a tough time start in the ministry it's not easy to be in the ministry you know that so Timothy is not like any other pastor. He struggles in the first few years to get his feet understanding of what his role and responsibilities and what God has for him and getting into a pattern of what is good and right, what God has him to do. And he had a struggle. And then Paul was right there to encourage and encourage and bring him back to his priorities and responsibilities as a minister. And what to be teaching his people, the people that God was bringing in that local church. And we see here that Evidently, he's, Paul is bringing him back to the day when he was his hands. The, uh, the elders laid hands on him and prayed for and, and 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 recognized God's calling in his life to be a pastor. Because that will bring him back to that moment. Will be a moment of remembrance of what God is doing in his life. When you're down and you're out and you're struggling and you've gone maybe back to the old life, like a dog to its vomit. One of the things that will encourage you the most, and I will always ask you to do it, if I hear you've gone back to the old life, remember the day of your salvation. Remember the day when God touched your heart. And if you would focus on that day, it will bring you out and move forward and progress with your relationship with God. And you will leave the old life 
you won't pick it back up again. You won't be putting on the old stinky clothes that you wore for so many years of your life. You will recognize God has something new for you. Are you, are you with me? So here's Paul telling Timothy, I know you're struggling in the ministry, Timothy. I know it's not easy to be ministering to people. It's not easy at all. But it's your responsibility, it's your calling, it's the gift that God has called you to do. You must rise up, you must remember the day when we laid hands on you and prophesied what God was going to do in and through your life as a minister to the people there in Ephesus and wherever else God takes you. You must be encouraged, Timothy. Get up. Let's move forward. Let's progress in your ministry, Lord, uh, in the ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit in, that lives within you. Now, Paul goes from the negative, but he also, he takes it to the positive in verse 15. He says, Paul now says to Timothy, I told you, do not neglect the gift that I have given you. But here in verse 15, he says, meditate on these things. Now, this is the positive. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Paul is trying to encourage him, and we see the third factor in spiritual progress in one's spiritual life. And that is to devote your life fully to Christ. Don't do it half-heartedly. Don't, do don't have a divided heart. I love the world, but I want to just know I'm saved and that's good enough for me. It will not be good enough for you. Do you understand that? Because you're, if you're not progressing you're falling back. So you're not going to think you're going to, you might try to rationalize in your head that you love the world and you just love God enough to be saved and that's fine. Until what happens? You're messing with the vomit again and then all of a sudden, oh Lord, I don't know if I'm saved. Am I saved? Am I, am I, do I have that surety of salvation? Oh, and you're, and you're anguished within. You sh as a Christian, if you're maturing and progressing, you won't anguish if you're saved or not. You won't. You will be so assured of your salvation and your relationship with God, there was no question in your mind. Absent from this body, you'll be in the presence of the Lord. There'll be absolutely no question in your mind as you're going through this life that God is with you. And that he's for you. And that he loves you. And then he's going to walk you through every single dark valley you find yourself in. And that he's a provider. God, of, uh, he's a provider. A protector. A healer. You name it. What, what's your need today? I assure you, your God meets every possible qualification to help you if you let him so Paul says to Timothy meditate on these things give your life in, entirely to these things that I'm teaching you Paul called Timothy to meditate on God's word and the leading of God in his life this is not some empty your minds like some eastern meditation guru, false doctrine kinds of stuff. That's not what he's talking about. It's not about emptying your mind. He's saying, fill your mind with the word of God. Meditate on his truths. That is what's going to transform your life. That's what's going to give you stability. That's what's going to give you strength and encouragement to continue each and every day. Meditate, to give careful thought to, give yourself totally to. That's the things I want you to meditate on, Timothy. Paul is saying to Timothy, you literally need to be in them. 
literally be reading the word of God, literally be applying the word of God. Give yourself entirely. If you want to progress spiritually, do you want to grow spiritually this year? You must devote your life to Christ. Often we fall short of all we can do for God because we are so passive or so comfortable or so so half-hearted in our Christian life that we simply do not give ourselves entirely. And Jesus warns us in the scriptures all the time about this passive attitude in the parables of the talents, for instance, where the servant who did nothing with what God, with the master asked him to do, he did nothing with those talents because it was too difficult to do anything with what God, the master, had given him. And he just buried, he didn't do anything with it. And he was severely rebuked for doing nothing. Paul, on the other hand, is a perfect example to Timothy because in 1 Timothy Paul says it so clearly in 1 Timothy 15.10. He says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was within me. Paul could confidently say, I labored more than anybody out there in the ministry. I labored night and day and did whatever it took. I don't care what the beating it came my way or the highs and lows and people abandoning me and people turning on me. And one minute they're loving me and saying how great I am. And the next minute they're stabbing me in the back. It didn't matter. Why? Because by the grace of God, I continue to do what he's called me to do and continue to pour out my life to every person that God brings in front of me. It didn't matter to Paul. He left the consequences to God. He just faithfully served God. Because that's what he was. He wasn't serving himself. He wasn't serving to get attention from you or a man pleaser to please you. No, a minister teaches, a pastor teaches and pours his life of what God has given to him pours into your life so that you will also grow and mature. And then you get to a point in your life then God will use you in the lives of other people. That's how it works, my brothers and sisters. Remember, a Christian might have a saved soul, but a wasted life. You might be sitting here today saying, my soul's saved, I know I'm saved. But the question is, are you have a wasted Christian life? Because you've done nothing for God. You know, never, never allowed him to, for you to mature where he can work through your life to touch the life of another person. A true follower of God, a true follower of Jesus Christ should, should ever be, never, should never be so content and comfortable in a place where you can sit there and say, I don't need to do anything for God. I, at least I'm saved. Should never be in that position. That's why he says in verse 16, and we'll finish this with here in verse 16, take heed to yourself. We see the fourth factor here. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. <laughs> now you read that as a pastor. That's heavy. You know, it's really heavy when you read that, that, that scripture because of the, the level of responsibility within the ministry is tremendous because the word tells it. Because if you look at this, he says, take heed. It means to watch yourself. Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, watch yourself and to the doctrine or the teaching that you're teaching the people. Be very careful what you're teaching. Be very careful how you live your life because people are watching and it will affect their lives. So the fourth factor in, in spiritual prog uh, progression is to take spiritual inventory, is what Paul is saying, to, uh, to Timothy. 
And what Timothy was to teach the congregation, take your spiritual inventory. What is happening in your life today in regards to what you're doing? In every aspect of your life, is it lined up with the word of God? Does it please God or it does not? It's as simple as that. It's not complex. Lord, am I, does this please you? No. You don't have to talk about it any further. End of discussion, you know what I'm saying? But how many times do you turn around and start debating? And trying to rationalize and tell God that it's okay. When the word of God says, no, it's not okay. Don't, don't fool yourselves, right? I, I, I'm really being honest with you here, my brothers and sisters, as, as clearly and as softly and gently as I can. Stop fooling yourselves. Just because God hasn't reacted to that rebellion, it doesn't mean he's not going to react to that rebellion that you have in due time. So this is just a warning to you. God wants the best for his children, and the father is only going to let a rebellious child be talking back to him only for so long. Do you know what I'm saying? And then correction will come. It's much easier just to, to be obedient when God said, get in line. <laughs> get in line. And so Paul is trying to encourage him here. Take spiritual inventory, Timothy. Timothy and every pastor must examine constantly the two great areas of concern that Paul talks to Timothy about. And one is take an inventory of your life. And two, Take inventory of what you're teaching, Timothy. Be very careful of what you're teaching. Failing to do this would mean great danger, Paul says, not only to your life, Timothy, but all of those in your congregation. Be very careful. It's great danger if you're teaching wrong doctrine. We are to examine our heart. How do you examine your heart? Very simply, by the word of God. Why do you think people don't like to be in a church that teaches the word of God? Because it's a spotlight that God uses to go, boop, I see you. It's too much conviction. It's too much responsibility now because here you know, you know God, you know you're saved, but you want to live like the world and all of a sudden you come to a place where it's teaching the word and sharing the scriptures and it's like God turns a light spotlight right on the spot that only you know what's going on in your head. And that's very uncomfortable because now you're accountable. You need to change and you don't want to change. And so what do you do? You avoid that church that's teaching the word of God. It's not complex. That's why I pray for you all the time. That you would come and realize, not only will you, God will surgically take that scalpel and go right in there and cut whatever it needs to come out, but he's also a great healer of doing a great healing back up and comforting and encouraging through the healing process if you let them please don't come here and get surgical operation on you and you don't like it because you feel miserable after the operation and then don't come back and then you're you're dealing with the pain and the suffering keep coming regardless of how you feel and watch how god will do the work and then mend you and heal you and comfort you and encourage you and be used by God. But take spiritual inventory, Paul says to Timothy. And the Spirit of God says that to us as well. Paul had given his the same warning to the Ephesian elders as his farewell message to Acts 20, verse 28. How's that? Pastor's leaving and his message is take inventory. Spiritual inventory. I mean, what a message. <laughs> it's, oh, I love you, and I'm going to miss you all. No, take spiritual inventory. You need to grow and progress. You... I can see Paul. I like Paul. 
Those who hear Timothy as a pastor should be hearing doctrine from his lips from the pulpit. Timothy's primary call was not to entertain the people. He was not to amuse you through his beautiful, clever stories and jokes. That's not his calling. That's not what he was called to do as a pastor. Not even to help with practical things. That is not his calling. God called him and gifted him to present biblical doctrine to the people. That was his role. That was what he was to do and to give heed to that doctrine. Not to avoid the difficult doctrines that are out there. He was to teach the whole word of God, not to just pieces of it, not the things that are easy to teach, but all the counsel of God. The word doctrine is not something only used by or get excited by the theologians. Oh, that's doctrine, that's for theologians. Those are for the smart ones. Trust me, I met some theologians. It's not something old-fashioned religious stuff that church teaches doctrine. That's old-fashioned kind of stuff. Many today respond to doctrine like it's something outdated or irrelevant in the culture for today, dealing and how to deal with current life issues that we deal with. This is, you know, this is 2021. What does doctrine have to say to that? It's so outdated, so old-fashioned. Even many ministers out there today will say, I am not into doctrine. I'm into the experience of Jesus. Oh, it sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? It sounds so, so relevant and cool to say that as a pastor. But it's as absolutely unbiblical as you can get. It misses the target biblically based on that statement. Paul used doctrine 20 times throughout his writings. It simply means he teaches a solid, good teaching of biblical truth. And without doctrine, how would you and I ever grow in the knowledge of God, Jesus himself? How would you know who he is? If you didn't and you weren't or you're not, teaching or hearing or reading the word of God. How to grow in our faith, we must read and, and listen and understand and apply the word of God. It's how we get to know God for who he really is. And for ministers to communicate or to impart the word of God to others, it is very important that we as ministers, as pastors, are so steeped in the word of God ourselves on a regular basis that I can then be a servant of God and serve you what God has shown me. To read the word, to understand it, to apply it, help you to then digest it to be nourishment. Not just milk, but meat. You need milk, but you need to grow to a point where you can chonk on some heavy-duty meat and chew on it for a while because that is how you get growth. And it takes real effort to grow in a Christian life and to be successful in Christian service. It takes effort. It takes it takes effort. But Paul says here in the very at the end, if Timothy, if you do this, he says, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, I know some of you are really smart and are, are sitting there going, you, Pastor, you can't save me. 
You're absolutely correct. I can't save you. Paul also, when he told this to Timothy, knew that Timothy can't save anyone. But Paul had advised Timothy concerning his private and his public ministry. And when it came to his public ministry, Timothy was to keep a sharp eye on both his life personally, but also he was to also make sure the teaching, the instructions that he was giving out was in line with the word of God. And if you don't have your life right, Timothy, and you're not teaching rightly, Timothy, from the word of God only, you are going to ruin your life and you're going to ruin everyone else who's watching your life and learning from you. Let me give you some scriptures for you to help you support what I'm talking about. First one is Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in, in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You need to work it out. You need to grow. You need to work out the junk that was in the past. The old self. It's been wiped clean. You've been forgiven. The sins are gone. That's not what we're talking about. But you've got to practice new things that's lines and pleasing with God's word and himself. And get rid of the things that don't please him. That's your part. Work out your salvation. And then James chapter 5 verse 19 and 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth. And someone turns him back. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way. Will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. You and I play a role in helping others coming to Christ and to continue to stay walking and following Christ. And that not only by your words, but mostly by your actions. Parents, if you think, I'm talking just about pastors or being in here, you have, it starts at the house. Fathers, if you're not living and breathing and teaching and applying and, and your life reflecting the things of God, you are misleading your wife and children. And you will be held accountable for that. God is going to get your attention. It's only a matter of time. Moms, if you're not living and teaching and an example to your children and your husband that God lives within you and you are progressing spiritually in the things of God, I'm telling you, you're doing damage to those children and your relationship with your husband. I know that's pretty heavy at the end. That's why we're going to go to communion. <laughs> we'll have communion today. We'll, we'll help you through this process. I like Kelvin, a, 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 an old guy here, a commentator, John Kelvin. He says, and just as the unfaithfulness or ne uh, neglect of a pastor is fatal to the church, so it is right for its salvation to be ascribed to his faithfulness and diligence. It is indeed true that it is God alone who saves and not even the smallest part of God's glory can be rightly be transferred to men. But God's glory is in no way diminished by God's using the labor of men in bestowing salvation. God doesn't glory doesn't go away by using Someone he's called and gifted to do the work that God's called him to do. God still gets all the glory. As long as that man does not try to take the glory himself. He's just a conduit of teaching and encouraging the people by, by and through the word of God. So today we see Paul's words are absolutely as clear as we can get. And absolutely direct in Paul's always his way of teaching. <laughs> He's very direct. In reminding of the awesome burdens and responsibilities that congregational leaders carry. 
and the building up of the saved and the winning of the lost as the purpose for our ministry. That's what our ministry is all about. Is to encourage you in your walk with God. For you to grow and mature. And then you will go out and reach the lost. And win them to Christ. By your life example. And the sharing of the gospel. The good news. The word of God with them. And let the spirit of God touch their heart. That's what we do to his glory and his glory alone. That's our ministry. But God must work in us before we can effectively work through us. We see that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And as good ministers, we preach the word. As godly ministers, we practice the word. And as growing ministers, we must progress in the word. May that be our new year resolution. Amen.